1: Welcome to Five Things, the podcast where we bring on my favorite funny people and we ask them five things. I'm your host, Rosh Abdullah. Five Things is presented by Bad Dog Theater. Bad Dog Theater is a Toronto comedy school and improv theater devoted to unscripted performance. They host classes and shows in person and online. Check out baddogtheater.com to get tickets or enroll in a class today. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge that the land on which we gather is part of the treaty lands and territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit. It is also the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Anishinaabe, and Huron-Wendat nations. This territory is subject to the Dish with One Spoon Treaty, a covenant between the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe. Five Things is a classic improv game. We use we use it as a warm-up to get performers out of their head. Uh, and um, you, if you've listened before, you know the game. We're going to ask a category. Uh, we're going to ask our guest to say five things out of a category. And our guest today is... Isabel Zatan. Welcome, Isabel. Thank you so much for coming. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. The great, fashionable comedian. Are you ready for your warm-up question? Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. Okay, great, Isabel. I want to know five reasons that your wife is leaving you and she's taking the kids. Uh,
0: number one, dishes. Absolutely. <laughs> number one, cause of marriages collapsing. It's always the dishes. Number two, um because you don't have a job and you haven't had a job for a long time. Uh, Number three um, is because you've become uh, addicted to World of Warcraft online. Um, Number four is because you just cannot set boundaries with your mother. And she's constantly letting herself in. And she looks through your wife's closet and removes any clothing that she deems inappropriate. And reason number five is because she realizes that you've been um, uh, you've been gaslighting her about your disgusting bathroom habits and you've been blaming the kids. Uh, do you do the dishes in the house? Are these pulled from real life? Oh, every relationship I've ever been in, there's been some sort of conflict about the dishes. That's,
1: I've ha- I can't say that's true for everyone, but you know what, if I think about it, yes. Yes, I was dating someone god bless him great person but i just was never satisfied with how the dishes were washed and so i ended up doing them always because i was like you could you c- could get better at it but then i have to suffer through it not being good for a while and i just like i'll just do them myself but then i'll like resent them for not doing it it's, it's a it's a snake yeah that's, that's a pretty
0: common uh, dynamic like a very gender dynamic as well mm-hmm. where when partner who normally is the man is like I don't know how to do it which is why um I think I'm a good wife because I'm a huge bitch because <laughs> when my daughter was born my husband would be like but you but you change the diapers better than me and I would just be <sighs> like pretend I'm dead pretend I died <laughs> you have to change this baby's diapers like get better at it now and yeah, now learn you he have to get changing the diapers you know he's a great dad but it's because you have to like bite down on that instinct to be like, oh, but I can do it better.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good lesson. Yeah, otherwise we just we bury we carry the emotional burden, and that's mm. not our load. It's it's
0: uh, where's our Sam Samwise Gamgee? Share the load. Am I right? In all fairness to my husband, he does more dishes than I do. I'm terrible with dishes. That like if he ever leaves, it will be because of the dishes. I'm real bad. You're I'm bad. He flawed. doesn't. Work.
1: Okay, so you you don't clean it that well. I nope. Just- Mm. I mean, we're all, we all have our faults.
0: Yeah. I need a really rigid schedule in terms of cleaning. Otherwise I won't do it. Like they have to be done at this time in the day and I have to do all of them. I think it's because I have a real bad ADD can't function as a human need to like set a lot of pretend rules for myself to force myself to do ordinary things yeah no I, a normal, like a fine functioning person to be like why can't you just look at the sink and be like oh i'll i'll wash that cup and i'm like i wish my brain worked that way Trust yeah me.
1: it's weird how our brains yeah i have i call it the sunset deadline where like if it's dark i'm like days i can't i can't do anything anymore like that's unless if the sun is out i'll do something but at the moment it's dark it's like
0: no i'm done i clocked out <laughs> it's evolution we're like sun is set it's time for me to rest in my little cave yeah and so have i Isabel, okay you look
1: lovely as always you're always so fashionable you were the first person that I ever saw as a performer like a comedian on stage where like you were wearing I I remember I remember it I saw you do stand up and you were wearing this beautiful dress and you talked about the dress in the set so you were like this is like an $800 dress that I think you got didn't pay that much but it was like a very like haute couture dress like very brand name something and I grew up in the comedy thing world where they were like don't don't look good <laughs> essentially they kind of like, like don't have any images on your shirts don't kind of be as plain as possible and whenever i do a show i try to be kind of like a bit like masculine it's it's kind of fucked up how we were but taught this a little bit it's kind of like in school where they're like don't don't distract people but that's what the lesson that i was kind of imparted
0: with yeah because so- there's this idea that you have to be an everyman and so therefore you have to look schlubby
1: I feel like it's just, it's kind of like embedded in this weird patriarchic thing of like, you can't be hot and funny. Like, I yeah. I, th- I think it's, so I wanted to know that. Do you, but I love
0: how like- that only applies to women. I know, I know. Like, guys but- are allowed. I mean, let's be, let's be clear. There aren't a lot of them, but guys love another guy who's hot and funny.
1: Yeah. But fashion wise, like, I mean, I've never, I guess John Mulaney wears like a three piece suit when he does stand up. Um, and it's classy, but I do you think that you can be fashionable in comedy? Do you think being fashionable in comedy is frowned upon?
0: I mean, I definitely got told when I was starting comedy that it wasn't the right thing to do, Mm -hmm. and this is definitely a sign that when I was starting comedy, I was in a lot of spaces and doing a lot of shows that were predominantly male. I got very different feedback from female comics but other other comics definitely told me oh you shouldn't like try try dressing down and and that sort of thing but i knew it was bad advice even in the moment a because the comic telling me that we had a completely different style of comedy so i was kind of like uh, taking his advice with a grain of salt and also i had noticed that whenever i was on a lineup with a lot of men and I was the only woman it happened so often the women in the audience really responded very well to me. And if I was dressed kind of kooky or dressed kind of fun Mm -hmm. or stylishly or whatever, and that was something that they liked about me. And the thing about being a comic, it's like you have to get on stage and you have to immediately make them like you. Yes. clothing is such an easy thing for that, especially if you have a female audience and hand, hand, most comedy audiences are so largely female I found in my experience because the idea of like going out to see shows going out in a group like you got all your girlfriends and you're like let's go let's go see something and have some fun that's uh, socially a more f- female thing I'm not saying it's only I'm not saying it's only for girls or whatever I'm not saying like only only women can have fun with friends but what I what I observed was you had this comedy culture that was very bro-y and they were s- these dudes who were so used to being at an open mic with all their friends and being like so I watch porn and like that that could be funny and that can work but then when that translated to them performing for an audience there was a huge shift in who was hearing their jokes and it was much more female than they were used to so uh, I'm rambling a lot but basically fashion being fashionable in comedy is frowned upon by certain performers who have a narrow idea of what they want comedy to be. And that's very much like, I want to be Norm MacDonald. (laughs) But a comedy audience, I think, doesn't frown upon it and and really welcomes it. And I mean, that's that's who's paying me. So I'm going to listen to that. 100%.
1: 100%. Yeah. I was drawn to you with that. And you're right. I like I liked you off the bat because I was like, she's confident. She looks great. I want to be her. I want to be her friend. So <laughs> rules need to change. It's, and it's weird that we, uh, we teach. Yeah. It's it's, it's interesting because even like the thing with like no graphic tees, they're like, they're going to, it's going to be distracting. It's like, what for a second, they're going to read your shirt and then. And it I can be know.
0: a part of the act. Like the most, the easiest kind of humor To reach people is roast humor that's probably the most accessible that people love um and the most marketable and the easiest kind of roast humor is just like you look like donald duck if he his mom had an affair with goofy or like (laughs) just say like a weird thing about how someone looks and so if you get on stage and you're wearing like a graphic tee that has a face on it or something and you can make a joke about yourself and how you look the audience like that there's an easy joke audience likes it right away and a lot of what I, so a lot of what I kind of came into comedy with was my knowledge from teaching because I have a small teaching background. I have the kind of teaching background that comes from um, studying arts in university and then not knowing what to do with that and then teaching for a couple of years. Like I'm not a, I'm not like a seasoned teacher or anything, but I did notice okay, easy way to make a class of middle schoolers like you um dress cool yeah and they'll immediately be on your side and that translates to adult audiences as well because we never really grow from who we are in high school we remain those shallow <laughs> kids all our lives Even great.
1: It. for those who can't see she's wearing uh, a yellow shirt with the overalls on top kind of like minion esque but like hot and these like earrings these dangly earrings with happy faces on them
0: I wasn't even thinking of minions when I got dressed. I forgot minions exist. Yeah, I, I was never
1: just, I, forget minions exist.
0: I went to I went to a farm today. I went to um like the farm in the city, Riverdale Farm. Oh, yeah. I went there with my baby, and I was like, I'm gonna wear overalls.
1: It's cute. I like it.
0: It's a hot I'm never gonna thing. be able to wear this outfit again because I'm gonna be. Like oh, I look like a minion.
1: No, did I ruin it for you? No, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Good thing. Yeah, I have worn the exact same outfit once, and uh, and you know why I think that because my my partner at the time told me I look like a minion, and uh, I guess he had a minion fetish.
0: It was <laughs> <laughs> no. more about him than it did about you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what was the moment that you knew you wanted to do stand up?
0: This is a tough one because I think that it was like a bunch of little hints throughout my youth that were where I was like, maybe I'll try that. Nah. Um, But I'll say what the kicker was. Uh, I was working in an art gallery. I had so much free time because no one goes to art galleries or at least no one went to this one. It was not a good one. (laughs) And I spent most of my time just watching YouTube videos of like on the Laugh Factory channel. And I was so annoyed that all of the comics that were parents, their comedy was like, "I hate my kids and being a parent sucks and my kids are stupid." Um, like I hate them; <laughs> they ruin my life. It was very much that perspective on parenting because you were a parent what... at this time. I was a parent at the time. Yeah, I had. Uh, for those who don't who don't know me, I know I'm so famous. I just assume everyone knows. Um, but I had my son when I was in university. Uh, my daughter also when I was in university, actually. So I was, I was a young parent. Um, and, I've, and I also was very frustrated by um, the, I guess, the lack of my perspective, if that makes sense. Not just in the parenting. That was one where I was just like, why, does, why is it funny that people hate their kids and are unhappy in their lives? That's not funny me. That's sad. And also, um, I I guess I just wanted to hear a more. um, I'm trying to think of a way to put this that doesn't sound like totally pretentious and also doesn't sound like I'm trying to bring anyone down, if that makes sense. But um, I wanted to hear from a non-white woman. Who wasn't making all of her material for a white man who might want to have sex with her? That's, Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred
1: percent. Yeah, That makes
0: sense. Uh, yes,
1: <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: if if you're a uh, again, I know people can't see me, and even if they could see me, maybe they, maybe they'd be like, so me, my mom is indigenous, she's Cree Métis, and my father is South Asian. He's Indian and Burmese. Some people are able to recognize things in me, which is always it makes me feel so special um, because as a mixed kid, I'm used to people just being like, you're a mystery. So when someone looks at me and they're like, are you Cree or like, are you are you Burmese? I feel very yeah. mean.
1: You like it when they guess
0: if they guess correctly, which has happened uh, three times in my life.
1: Yeah, I've never had someone guess right, and uh, and it, I mean, only men want to guess. Only and older men have this like weird thing where they, And they never get it right, and then they double down because, and then they get really upset. And then when you oh, say yeah. it, they act like it was gonna be the the very next thing that they would have said.
0: I get a lot of um old Persian men being like, "Are you Persian?" And I'm like, "No," and they're like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sure." The um, the only two people who have been able to tell that I'm indigenous were indigenous themselves. Um, and then the person who guessed that I was Burmese, I think they also saw my last name. So that's less mm-hmm. how I look. Um, but anyway, I was just really tired of feeling really excited when I saw, oh, here's a video with a woman who looks kind of not even like me, but just like, like maybe she would have my perspective on things or have kind of a different perspective and then hearing it totally be like some sort of like faux sexy Asian accent and jokes about like about her like tiny little pussy I don't again I'm I'm trying not to bring other women down like this is a I'm sure this is like a valid and great kind of comedy yeah, you just wanted to hear. No like one, no one can see me at home, but I'm like anxiously massaging my face as I'm thinking about this like hypothetical woman I'm describing. I don't think it's you're attacking.
1: I don't think you're attacking uh, the person, and I think yeah, everyone, like there's a there's a type of comedy for everyone, but you weren't, you didn't, you weren't hearing what you wanted to hear from your perspective, and also like you're if yeah. you being a parent, and if there's like a stereotype of a a parent out there like I, that's the thing is like it's and i we still have that stereotype or that stigma right that it's like once you're a parent life is boring everything's hell you're tired all the time mm-hmm. you can't do anything fun you can't go out so yeah that's that sucks for you to be like it's not like that and i love my kid and i want to hear more good things about people loving their kids because that can be funny like it doesn't yeah. have, like, it's weird that being positive is less funny than being uh negative
0: it's also so weird to me that, okay, so you're an audience member, you, you've got a babysitter, this is your one night out, you go to see for right. and the whole thing is just like, hey, you know how much your life sucks? Like, <laughs> wh- how is that going to make anyone feel better? And then from a purely, I guess, like a cold calculating marketing perspective, I was like, oh, here's a completely untapped market. Like, No one is saying, right. I like my kids. My kids are cool. Um, I'm sure there are some now. Um,
1: yeah, because you 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 started stand up while being a parent. So how did you balance? How did you? How were you able to balance stand up comedy and being a parent? And also, were you a single parent?
0: I was at the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, how did you find that? Because like with stand up, they you know, people are always like you got to do it every night, and and there's such it's late shows, especially like when you're starting out with the open mics. How did you find that balancing act?
0: Well, I mean, it was really difficult. I guess. All right. So I'm never sure whether or not to call that part of my life, me being a single parent, because I was single and I was a parent, but they went to their dads for two nights every week. So it wasn't like I was doing it entirely alone. Like there was a father who is in the picture. Like You had support. Yeah. I mean, not so much. He was a... Not a nice person. Mm-hmm. Um, I was parenting, co-parenting with him while I also had a restraining order against him. Damn. Um, so that's the kind of thing. But I'm still so hesitant to say like, oh, I was a single parent because I did, like I had two free nights a week, which is something that so many single moms do not have. And I was really, really lucky to have that. Um, and I wasn't able to do, so basically the comedy started um, when I when I did kick him out. Um, and that whole thing happened. And then suddenly I was left with like this chaos of a life where I had escaped a horrible, abusive relationship, but suddenly I had two free nights a week and I was like, what am I going to do now? Um, so I would do comedy on those two nights and I would do as many open mics as I could on those two nights and then spend the rest writing. I got myself a Twitter account and I started practicing joke writing on Twitter. got a decent amount of popularity from that and although it has not given me anything materially like I haven't gotten any people find out that you've written a viral tweet and they're like oh how have you monetized that and it's like you don't understand I cannot monetize it
1: it's so it's- funny because that's that was going to be my next question but I did read um, like so I've read that uh, someone's tweet has gone viral and a friend had messaged them to be like oh my god your, like, your tweets everyone's seeing it it's viral and the person's like I didn't receive a single follower from that and like I want to ask that your tweets have gone viral and I know because I've seen like I've seen them and then I messaged you about it being like did you know because I know that they didn't like credit you and I was just like whoa that's Isabel but so your life hasn't changed in any way from that
0: um it I mean it It has, (laughs) it has in really big ways, but not, I haven't like made my fame and fortune. Um, Here are the ways that my life has changed from Twitter. Um, One, I got, uh, so I did get noticed um, by, uh, by Mark Little and he invited me to work on a writer's room for Gary and his Demons, which is a TV show. And from that, I was able to, get into the writer's room of tall boys another tv show so i have gotten some work and i didn't get like i haven't gotten like a permanent gig i'm not like and thanks to twitter i'm now like a professional writer and i can quit my day job but i i do want to be conscious that those are opportunities i've gotten Mm -hmm. from twitter so that's really cool um also i met my husband on twitter
1: really (laughs) so i
0: got myself uh married And when we met, he was living in Australia.
1: Okay, this story. Tell this story now.
0: It's much more boring than it sounds. You're a writer.
1: Fluff it up.
0: Okay, so we followed each other but did not interact because we were both joke accounts. So we wrote little hee-hee-hee's, ha-ha-ha's, and did did not speak. And Um, how
1: did you find, like, randomly you just found... His account and ran. Yeah,
0: one of us just saw a joke that the other wrote and was like, "Oh, this person's funny," and followed. And the other person followed back. Wow. And again, didn't he? He wasn't even using his. He was using a close-up picture of Tom Hanks's face peeing from The Green Mile <laughs> when he has a what is it? Bladder infection. He's peeing with a yeah. So you didn't even know what he looked like. Infection? No. Um. But I was like, oh, this person is very funny. Mm -hmm. And then at one point, it must have been an obscene time. It must have been like, I don't know why I was awake or I don't know why he was awake. Because again, he was in Sydney and I was in Toronto. But he tweeted something like, uh, I'm bored, message me something. And normally I don't respond to those kinds of things. But I had very recently cleared out my follower list. And so I had very recently looked at all his tweets and been like, yeah, this person's worth still following. They're pretty funny. Um, So I messaged him and. What did you message? I messaged, if you could pick any two celebrities to fight to the death in a Thunderdome style match, who would you pick?
1: Good cue. What was his answer?
0: Uh, He he had two answers. His first was Hillary Clinton and Ellen DeGeneres. (laughs) And then he said, uh, wait, wait, no, no, no. Um, Quentin Tarantino and Werner Herzog.
1: Okay. And he, did he give reasons or he's just that, those just names?
0: Uh, I forget how deep we got into the celebrity cage match. We just started talking about Werner Herzog and how much we love Werner Herzog's work. And I think that when you meet someone who shares your same sense of humor, it's very special. It's like finding someone who speaks your... Secret language, and then when you find someone who also likes the same kind of movies that you do, for me, definitely, it speaks to a certain kind of compatibility. I'm, I'm very, very temperamental and very picky about movies. I realized this year that I, I don't think I like media. I don't think I. I don't, I don't think I. Media enjoy, is so broad. Like I, it's very. I'm. I'm such an insufferable person. It's so hard for me to like TV shows or movies.
1: No, I understand what you mean. Yeah. There's a lot of bad stuff out there, honestly. Like, yeah.
0: I'm such a curmudgeon. I just, I hate, I hate Marvel so much. I can't, I can't watch anything that's too, that's, that's too American without going on a rant about how this is like propaganda for the US (laughs) military, like. I almost started. I went to see the. I went to see the Bob's Burgers movie with my older two children this past weekend because it was my daughter's birthday. She turned eleven, and the Bob's Burgers movie was fine. It was great. It was fun. Ah, go see it. It's it's a fun time. But a father and son walked out of the Top Gun movie and they were talking about how great it was, and I had to stop myself from being like, <laughs> "If I don't You're like you can't sure.
1: That <laughs> you said this this meeting this meet cute story was boring but that's i find that that's beautiful and you don't get like those kind of stories anymore um i hate the stigma of like every time you like ask someone like how'd you meet your partner they're like hinge or like tinder and it's like that's fine that's like so what that's just that's, the, how people meet nowadays. that's how exactly it's like that's like if you ask people in the 50s like how'd you meet and they're like at the bandstand it's like yeah everyone went to the band stand like, <laughs> so you were meeting people at the saw cop so it's fine but you don't like the, i don't know do you believe in Fade or whatever like the way that you were talking about it
0: and saying like i just happened to be up and do you there were a lot of things in our meeting that ha- that lined up that made us both feel like "Ooh, that's uncanny like right um, he he has other friends from twitter but not a very social guy on twitter and right after we like i want to say like a year or two after we met on twitter he just deleted his account account entirely because he was like i'm done with this place um wow and I, like I said, normally do not respond, especially if I suspect that the account is male. I didn't know it was for him. Well, his his Twitter at was um, cervix smash, so I guess I <laughs> I was like, this person probably male. But I normally don't like interacting with men. Um, but no, we if, met. If and, he's
1: off Twitter, can I steal that handle then?
0: <laughs> is it, is go it for it? To- go for it. It's cervix yours. smash is great. Um. But yeah, and neither one of us had our actual picture as our profile picture. So we didn't right. know what the other person looked like. And we didn't know whether they were a boy or a girl. We're both straight.
1: What happened when you first saw each other? Like, you, yeah. yeah, we what saw each other's
0: like? pictures and we were like, oh, this person's good looking. And then we found out that we're only three months apart in age, which was another yeah, all. coincidence.
1: But he was living in Australia, you said? Is he Australian? He is Australian. He's half okay. Australian, half French. Okay. And this is the man yelling the, uh, while playing Elden Ring in the background. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, okay, great. So Real, what was the I first found first... a world prize
0: in the southern hemisphere.
1: <laughs> what was that first meeting like? If he like lived like had did you Oh he yeah, came had... to
0: Canada to meet to you. Meet me. Well we were talking to a friend and being like, What if I see him and I because I'm the sort of person who like if I saw him and I was like, Oh ew, I would just have been like, well, like yeah congratulations on traveling what fifteen thousand <laughs> kilometers for a hookup that did not happen goodbye
1: yeah you got to shoot your shot but yeah you're right it's like if you're not feeling it you're not feeling it that's the. but that would that would have been brutal good thing it worked out
0: we're also now both completely addicted to the tv show 90 day fiance which if you're unfamiliar it's oh it's so trashy it's Follows I've so heard,
1: I've see, I have see the memes and I like want to watch it because of the memes and I've heard it's good, but do you relate to, or do you relate oh, to it so to-
0: much? Relate and also are very smug. We're extremely smug about like, oh, look at these idiots. They didn't even have that conversation. We had that conversation like day one.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. So you, so you meet each other. Why do you relate to a 90 day fiance? Do you get engaged because- in
0: Well, so for us, we met in person and we were like, oh, we're great. Um, And then we tried to hash out a plan. And originally we were like, we wanted to, he did not meet my kids when he first came to visit. Because I was like, we're going to take things very slow and have to be very sure and we have to be responsible about this. That makes sense. And so the plan was for him to come and get a job in Canada and live separately from us. And then we could kind of date a little bit and see. Oh
1: wait, whoa. So it wasn't just a meeting. He was like moving, moving.
0: Oh no, no, no. The first time was a meeting. Okay. And then after and then at the meeting we were like, oh, "Okay, we would like to move this further. So how do we do that?" And then wow. in the first she, meeting
1: you decide, "Wow, damn. This is 98 day fiance."
0: Yeah, right? But we were like, "We're going to be smart about it." And then we talked to the the immigration lawyer and she was like, "Oh my god. He can't move here unless you're married." <laughs> So we had to speed up the timeline a Whoa.
1: Bit. How bit. Fa- when, when
0: did you get married? So we, we met in the first time we met was 10 months after we had first messaged each other. Mm-hmm. And then six months after that, I visited him in, not in Australia, but in France, which is where his parents are living now much shorter plane ride than going to australia Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then i like i met his family and it was like okay this is to determine if his if he comes from uh, an insane family or if they're normal you know um and then how many months after that and then eight months after that um went to france again And got married. Now we're
1: going to take a little break and
0: return with your guest, Isabel Zotan. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.
1: And we're back with Isabel Zotan Welcome back. Okay, is it like, uh, one time I googled um, what does love feel like Reddit? Because, and, and all the, uh, because I didn't know. And all the answers were like, you just know. Like, you just know. Was it like that? Because that's, like, were you not freaking out? Cause you had like, uh, kind of the time deadline. So you're like, how do I know for sure? Like if you had, if you didn't have the deadline, kind not a deadline, but you know, if you didn't, if it wasn't this, the situation you could have taken more time. So yeah, had-
0: it, it definitely felt really scary, especially because the stakes are much higher. Like if I had been just a lone person, you know, then I wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have worried as much, but like I had two kids. And they, they met him when we went to France to get married. Like they had talked to him on the phone before that I did try as much as I could to like introduce them to each other, but um, you know, distance and money constraints meant that they had to meet him basically like a week before we got married. And again, I was really clear. I was like, okay, I know that like the, the wedding is the wheels are in motion, but like, if for whatever reason you do not get along with my kids, I don't care if we're a week out like when it's not happening yeah luckily he he got along with them great still gets along with them great they have a fantastic relationship which I'm so lucky for
1: did he have that is amazing um when I uh I had a date with someone once and on the second date they were going to introduce me to their dog so I snuck some treats into my pocket and when I met them, I secretly was like sneakily gave them the treats and the person didn't know. But then the dog like, l- like anytime it saw me, it just like ran to me. And so the person was like, wow, my dog really likes <laughs> you. And I was like, I know, I think I, I don't know. Like dogs can just tell. I'm probably so- a good
0: person. I'm probably like, I probably have like a pure soul.
1: Yeah. Dogs know, dogs know real ones. So did your, <laughs> not that your children are dogs, but did your, did your husband at the time had like a tactic, to, like do bring toys or.
0: Yeah. He brought his, so candy. we all stayed in a. It's one of those things where our plan A was to, like, get married in Scarborough in, like, the wintertime, which was kind of, like, our very, like, pragmatic, practical timeframe. And then because we weren't able to do that because of red tape and bureaucracy and Canada's really very difficult immigration system, we were like, well, I guess we've got to get married in the French countryside in the springtime. So we (laughs) rented an Airbnb for... It was me and him, my two kids, and then my brother and, um, and his girlfriend. I paused before saying girlfriend because basically she's his wife. They've been living together for like seven years. So I don't see her as just my brother's girlfriend. Like I do see her as my sister-in-law. So mm-hmm. um, I make that distinction because it, it was just so nice. It was just like we had this house full of family. Yeah, um, all getting to know each other, and um
1: that is nice. But you know what would have been nicer? The bluffs in the winter, <laughs>
0: <laughs> just like standing, clutching a bouquet as wind completely destroys my veil. Actually, I would love that too, but for different reasons. Yeah. So to the Airbnb, he brings um his television, his PlayStation. Like there was already a TV there. His television. But, you know, he brought, he was like, no, we're going to get a big television. I'm my PlayStation. He downloaded, like, he bought all these games that he thought the kids would like. And he wow. was, like, stressing about entertaining them. You yeah. things to do with them. And he won them over very quickly. Um, yeah. I also, right around the time that I met him, I had, I kind of realized how much I need to trust my own instincts about people, because I think that I have good instincts about people. I think we all have good in- instincts about people, but I think that especially women need to trust their gut.
1: Yeah, have you ever read um *Blink* by Malcolm Gladwell? It's like about I've our not, gut instinct, and it's it uh, like it's 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 fantastic. He's got fantastic books, but that one is like he calls it thin slicing, where he's like, you've. In your life, if you've got been in a certain like, if you've met a thousand people and they all have like the similar characteristics, qualities, like you are thin slicing. You're taking like little bits of information every single time, so that when you're in a certain situation next time, without you, you, your gut just knows because it's pieced it together from. So when it, when women say things of like, I don't know, there's just something about him, and and guys are like, what are you talking about? It's like it's because we've met that dude before and we picked up on those little things, and so it was like we know.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to mention names because I'm not going to give the editors more work than they have to, but just from working in comedy, right? Yes, maybe our instincts get like hyper tuned because we're meeting a lot of those guys a lot of the time, but never in my life has a bad instinct been proven wrong. Never, ever have I been like, I don't trust, I don't trust this person, male or female. Mm -hmm. And then found out later, like, oh, actually they're no, they're so trustworthy and they're great. But conversely, um, sometimes you meet someone and like instantly you're like oh this this is a great person yeah like th- they're gonna be my friend and i don't think i've ever been led astray by that either so oh I have. um <laughs> oh that stinks but,
1: but i but i do think i have good instincts but there are con people out there women and men and non-binary like some people are just really good at tricking people and it's i talked about this with my friend because um people always call her gullible and and she's always like, I don't, like, why is that a bad thing that I'm just trusting? I mean, I think we mm. can be too trusting because sometimes she'll tell me something. And I'm like, come on. But, yeah, it sucks that, like, everyone's like, the only way to find love is, to, like, be vulnerable. And then you do it and everyone's like, ah, you, you did too, too much. <laughs> 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 that's on you. That's your fault.
0: <laughs> well, for me, it was a mix of, like, I trust my instincts about him, but also, um as I get older, I'm just leaning more and more into my cuntiness, into, like, what society says is, like, yeah, bad woman stuff, like, um,
1: same, like, no, yeah, like, I, why, I'm not wasting it, my, call, call me a bitch, that's fine, that's,
0: yeah, no, like, like, very early on, I was like, okay, so, um, what are, what are your goals, what are your, what, where do you see your life? And these are my deal breakers. Like very early on, I was like, um, okay, so I, I like animals and I like nature in like a principled way, but I cannot live with a dog. Like I Mm will, if, if you want to be in a relationship with me, it means we will never have a pet dog. And I knew that he was a dog person. Right. And he, I think when we met had a dog, the dog is fine. The dog is living with his parents and having like, the most spoiled treat-filled time of its mm. life. So it's not like I was like, get rid of your dog. But I was just like, you know.
1: Yeah, get those deal breakers out of the way. Because if they're non-negotiable, then like, what going going are you doing? Because
0: it's so it's so easy to walk away being like, oh, you want kids and I don't want kids. And this the is walk- our first yeah. date. Exactly. And, and like I had don't... a lovely tapas. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. you there it are people just, who are like, oh, I don't want to talk about that right away because it might turn them off. But if it turns them off, I'm the good. Point. Because the point. Yeah. The things that you can't compromise on. It's you're- same with like Hinge
1: profiles and stuff like that, where people are like, why do they put this on their profile? And it's like, let them. That was like, you're out now. Like, you didn't yeah. get it. You, that's what you needed to be like next, because you, how, how else are you gonna sift through the saturation? And like on my mm-hmm. first date with my ex, I was, I said to him, I was like, what's, what's, what's your deal breaker? Like, what are the, what are the things that you think? that if I know about you, I'm out. Like, what are the things that you're most mm-hmm. like, you're like, I'm, I'm afraid. Like, just tell me, tell me the things that to give it to me now. Like, I don't want to, I don't yeah. want to waste. I don't want to get to know you for two months and then find it out and then be like, actually not for me. And then what we're already invested and it's harder. And, but it's
0: like, why? Yeah. You're saving yourself future heartbreak. I think at one point I called, I called my then boyfriend now husband and again, because of the time difference, it must have been like 5 a.m. his time, but I was just having like a manic, like, oh my gosh, what's happening? <laughs> I panic, yeah. And I was like, here, okay, here are the top five worst things about yes. me. You have to tell me the top five worst things about you. And I did, like, yeah. Calm I'm down. And I was like, no, listen, I don't do the dishes.
1: <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. You need to hear this. <laughs> I will not wash a single plate.
0: I'm so, like, Are you in or are you out? listen, I'm so messy. It will get frustrating. Um, yeah, I think that people need to have those conversations. Just, I agree. Like, rip off that bandaid and have and have them early. Because yeah. again, sometimes we'll be watching 90 Day Fiance, where these people have like uprooted their lives, traveled to the United States, you know, they've quit their job, they've hmm. said goodbye to their grandmother, packed up all their belongings. And they're like, we haven't talked about having kids. Which is something that's very important to me, and I'm like, "Ma'am, what?" Maybe, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm on the we, same vein we don't talk as you. About finances. We haven't talked about budget, budgeting, and we haven't talked about how we're going to deal with money. And it's like, what? You've picked so, yeah. out your wedding dress, and you've like selected your venue, but you haven't talked about how you're going to split your finances.
1: I'm sure that there is, because I believe mm. in that. There's no one way for any for every person like everyone's got things will work for different people so there must be people out there who like finding this out slowly and over time but f- for sure i could see it a lot of uh stuff coming up by not discussing really big issues
0: and the thing idea. is that show is a masterclass in the sunk cost fallacy what's that Where you so it's an economic term. So you already know I'm going to explain it wrong. But <laughs> basically, it's the the logical fallacy that the more I invest in this thing, the more it must be worth. Right. The more valuable. Yes. Like, it's like when you're waiting for the bus and the bus isn't coming and you're oh like, God, yes, I've spent like half an hour at this bus stop. If I leave now, like that, I've wasted all that time. Yeah. And wow. like, what if the bus comes but you could have like left the bus stop 20 minutes ago and already walked to your destination yeah
1: yeah oh yeah or it's I guess like, relationships too right where they're like i've invested this like this many yeah, years they're
0: like i've come so far and you're like but no yeah. you have like no you haven't it's <laughs> but no girl that, you that's haven't. You it's not like an investment that's like accruing compound interest in a bank it, this is it's... just like a year of your life that you spent hanging out with a loser or maybe yeah. not a loser maybe just someone who's so incompatible right from yeah. you. or a loser <laughs>
1: or also a loser <laughs> uh, isabel i have one last question for you
0: oh no i'm sorry i could talk oh. about 90 day fiance all day so i'm thank you for cutting it. me off because i
1: no no i i should watch it I, I feel like it's exactly the kind of shit that i would love um for sure that's my that's my that's my shit um what's your favorite joke or story to tell
0: uh it changes all the time what what do you
1: want to tell on the podcast what are you feeling right now that you want to say
0: okay right now the one that i'm feeling the most is actually one that i've been trying to tell for a long time um and i've finally figured it out which is i think also what makes it so rewarding where it's something that has bombed at open mic's you know for years
1: yeah you did it you figured it out
0: and then like i shelved it and i was like oh i guess that's just only funny to me and then suddenly something just went like moing and i repackaged it and it's working great but it's all about how um southeast asians are the ultimate um like basic bitch astrology girl explain go on (laughs) so um We have the stereotype of people who believe in astrology as being like, you know, Becky on a first Mm -hmm. date being like, So, what's your sign? Because, like, I'm a Libra.
1: But isn't it? And I'm just like, I don't like what white women have appropriated it from like Indian, Hindu, and um, East Asian culture. Like, isn't it? I'm not to ruin, to make, to discuss astrology in a serious (laughs) way for your, for your joke. But I, I did think that we like, or not we, I don't know why, I'm white, I'm white passing. So I, I I love astrology. So this is what I'm talking. I identify as an, as a basic bitch, but it's stolen, isn't it? (laughs) As well, I,
0: I don't really, I don't get like serious like that. All I say is like, you think you, you think you can compare, like you think you could go toe to toe with an Indian right, mother yeah. and grandmother yeah. who are like from the day you're born they go to the astrologer and they're like she's yes. never going to go near a river because <laughs> because she's a, like a her star sign says she's going to drown like yeah you, you think that your instagram <laughs> astrology you think your like your instagram stories can stand up yeah. to the aunties and then i tell a story about my dad's country so my dad's Burmese and this is a country that most people have not heard of. It's also known as Myanmar. Um, and it feels like growing up, it always felt like a niche country because people would be like, what are you? And I'd be like, well, my dad's from Burma. And they're like, I don't know what that is. So I love getting to talk about it and stand up, but it's hard because it requires a lot of explaining. Right. But basically last year, 2021, there was a military coup in my dad's country uh, complete upheaval. The democratically elected officials were ousted, and the military junta took over. A lot of people protested. A lot of people were killed. At this point, I pause in the joke to let people know this is a setup for a joke. There is a punchline coming. <laughs> Don't worry. But South Asians are so insane about astrology that before they had the military takeover of the government the the generals went to their astrologer to be like what is the best day
1: we should do this
0: and then as I'm telling the joke I'm very like okay so like all right so like I'm I'm a Pisces and uh and the colonel over here is a Libra so like what's the best day that we should take over the government And And then they do it it on the day. This is not like this is absolutely not made up. This, I mean, the voices are, but this happened. The astrologer was then like, Oh my god, you guys, look at this. You have to have your military takeover on February 1st, 2021, because then the date of the coup will be (laughs) 2121. And then the general looked at that and went, oh my god, so cute.
1: Oh so, my god, yeah. I'm so cute on that day.
0: It's so <laughs> cute. But like Burma, Burma's legitimately like they're they're all astrology heads. Uh, the thing that I had tried to do before um, was talking about how they built their they built their um, capital city in the middle of a jungle. Like there was nothing there. But they were like, all right, this is where we're building the capital city. Um, not easily accessible by road. Like nothing complete com- convenient about it. But it was just because an astrologer was like, this would be a good place for a city. And they were like, time to build the city.
1: What does that even have to do with astrology? Like that's that that's not a like a city planner. It's a completely different job.
0: No, they just go to astrologers for, for everything. Burmese, the Burmese, they're like, no, star signs for everything. For everything.
1: It's like, what should I eat? Yeah forget the dietitian, just go straight to the yeah. or the nutritionist i mean okay uh, well maybe i'll st- study astrology
0: and then move to burma do we have a subway system i don't know are you a gemini like
1: <laughs> <laughs> isabel thank you so much for coming on do you have anything that you would like to plug anything we should watch listen to shows you have coming up that we can see if you're in toronto for the listeners
0: uh, so the next show I'm doing is July 2nd. Uh, it's called uh, it's called the Colored Only Comedy Show. And it is in the basement of 254 Lansdowne Avenue. That's should be very exciting. And the something I'm super pumped about, I guess it's down in Toronto, but uh, my show Hack Couture, the fashion comedy show Extravaganza, is doing Zoo Fest this summer. So we'll be in Montreal. Ooh. If you also happen to be in Montreal, anyone,
1: uh, on the 23rd and 24th. Woo! Yeah, go, uh, Isabel. So funny. Thanks again to Isabel Zaton, the Sonar Network, and Bad Dog Comedy Theatre. Your support makes a difference, and you can donate today by going to com. Five Things is produced by Victoria Kucher, and we couldn't do it without our amazing tech, Sean Murray. And, of course, I'm your host, Rosh Abdullah.